Hi, welcome in. It's another edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Glad to have you along for today's show. I wasn't anticipating doing this show today. We still, and I'm still going to publish it on Wednesday before the game between the Bucks and the Hawks at Pfizer Forum, Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, with author Mirren Fader, who wrote her new book about Giannis Adetokounmpo, The Improbable Rise of an NBA MVP. But there's a couple of things that I couldn't not talk about on, I guess, what you could call a special bonus edition of the show. Um, for This is, I, I don't even know where to where to begin with this. This was ESPN's first take yucking it up on Tuesday, and I'll just let you listen to this because if you're a Wisconsin sports fan, I I don't even know, again, where to begin with this nonsense. I know that everybody wants to have a, a hot take and everybody wants to be funny and everybody wants to be glib and everything like that, but first take with Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman, and Molly Quarum, and I'm... I, I apologize for not knowing who the person, I believe it was a guest, who originally posed this question, so I I don't know who it was, but the others really piled on a little bit more than they needed to about, well, our city. So, Stephen A., I'm worried about these these destinations that you you possibly have to go to for the NBA Finals. I mean, (laughs) you really want to be in Milwaukee? Is that where you want to be? Last Milwaukee? year it was Miami. Hell LA. No. He's heading between no. Phoenix and Milwaukee You know now. what? Stephen a lot of segments a. going Stephen direct, a. right? You know what I just thought about, which is actually kind of funny? The only two times, the one time I didn't go to the Super Bowl, it was Minnesota. And this is the first year. I'm not sure what our plans are for first take, but I don't think we're going. Max and I will see. And it's going to be terrible cities. I mean, good karma for me on that. Terrible cities. Hold on, hold on, Molly. Hold on, Molly. Hold on, Molly. There is a news. There is breaking news here. I don't believe either of them are going to win their respective series, but I don't believe I've ever rooted for Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Los Angeles Clippers <laughs> more in my life. I don't believe I've done it. Atlanta, I don't LA. believe I've ever rooted for them more in my life. And that you know is true. Stephen A., that you know what's so good about Atlanta, L.A., too, besides the cities, the flights. There's so many flight options yeah. as well. Listen, you're li- it might hey, have been Utah hey, and hey, Milwaukee hey, this year, Stephen A., hey. All I all I know is this: when you get to those locations, it's worth the flight. I'll say that much. Atlanta and L.A. They ain't, I don't believe they're gonna do it. <laughs> but I've never no, rooted I miss for them Golden more in my State life. Being in the mix, Ever. I, I like when we were at that resort Ever. up at Golden State. That was yeah. nice. That was like being on vacation. Hey, Harry is nice. Fuck you. You know what? Don't come here. I'm glad Molly Quirum isn't coming to Milwaukee. And I hope Stephen A. Smith doesn't come to Milwaukee. I hope Max Kellerman doesn't come to Milwaukee. If you hate it here so much, don't show up. But how arrogant is that? How offensive is that? We know that we're the quote-unquote flyover country. We understand that. We've been told that our whole lives. But look, if you want to bash our weather, fine. Molly Quirman there took a shot at the fact that you can't get that many flights directly into Milwaukee. Okay, that's fair because you can't unless you're flying on Southwest. That's a fair criticism. But everything else was just a blanket. Milwaukee sucks and piss on Milwaukee. And because our comfort is 
more important than being journalists, it's important to us that the Atlanta Hawks beat the Milwaukee Bucks. It's important to us that the Los Angeles Clippers beat the Phoenix Suns. And then Max Kellerman chips in with, well, it could have been worse. It could have been Utah and Milwaukee. Fuck you. This is the best thing that's possible for the NBA because every other year in the NBA, we've already known there's only been like four teams, five teams at the beginning of the season that could possibly win the NBA championship. And that leaves out cities like, you know, Molly Corn was bashing Minnesota as well. It leaves out cities like the Minnesota Timberwolves or, you know, the city of Minneapolis. It leaves out Oklahoma City. It leaves out Memphis. It leaves out so many cities that, you know what, they've got NBA teams too. And if you do things the quote-unquote right way, if you draft and develop, if you make key acquisitions, if you have homegrown stars, and you make the right decisions, you should be able to win an NBA championship. Instead, it's been, well, the Lakers. Or, you know, even when... LeBron James was with the Cavaliers because it was LeBron James. Cleveland was somehow okay, but as soon as LeBron left, well, Cleveland sucks too. Cleveland doesn't suck. I've been to Cleveland. Cleveland's a nice town if you give it a chance. No one who's ever actually spent any time in Milwaukee, especially in the summer. Look, if you want to bash Wisconsin weather, fine. Wisconsin weather, we, we all make jokes about it. We all make jokes about how summer is the greatest three and a half weeks you can possibly imagine because our summers aren't that long, but they're spectacular. How arrogant, how unbelievably asinine of these quote-unquote alleged journalists, I know it's an opinion show, but of these alleged journalists to just bash a city that they don't have any familiarity with. And by the way, Stephen A. Smith has been to Milwaukee. He has been to Pfizer Forum because I saw him the last time the Bucks were in the playoffs. Two years ago, well, when we were allowed into the arenas, I saw him at the Celtics series. I saw him at the Raptors series at Pfizer Forum. Stephen A. Smith never left the press room. Stephen A. Smith, I don't think, was watching much basketball the entire time he was here, he sure forms a lot of opinions about basketball. I'm not saying he doesn't have decent relationships with people inside the game of basketball for whatever reason. I'm saying he never left the press room. I don't know if that matters to you. I thought it was a little bit odd because all he wanted to do was hold court and with him and Michael Wilbon yelling across the table at each other. That's how Stephen A. Smith, quote, air quotes, covers the NBA playoffs. I, I don't know if their bosses at ESPN care whether or probably not. I mean, considering the contracts that you know, specifically Stephen A. Smith got. But I don't know that their bosses, you know, really uh, would necessarily want to know that, you know, the only reason that they want to go to Los Angeles or Atlanta in this case, or maybe they were rooting for Philadelphia or certainly they were rooting for the Brooklyn Nets in the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Bucks. Forget that the Bucks have one of the best young up-and-coming players in a generation in Giannis Adetokounmpo. Forget that they are right now the odds-on favorite to win the NBA championship. Now they still have a ways to go. They don't want anything yet.
But how arrogant is that? And I, listen, if they do show up, at least be public. At least walk out and take your medicine because this did not go unnoticed at all. And don't show up and just sit in the press room because that's weak. I hadn't even planned on talking about that. That is something that never even crossed my mind when I knew that I was going to wind up doing an extra uh, Doug Russell podcast today. What really crossed my desk was the article that Jim Polzine wrote in the Wisconsin State Journal today that blew me away. I mean, we all knew that the Wisconsin Badgers men's basketball team had a tough year last season. They were a top 10 team. They were predicted to do great things in the Big Ten, and they struggled mightily. Why did they struggle, though? Was it because of the disconnect between the coach and the players? Well, it certainly seems like that is the case. I'm going to. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but we'll also hear uh, from Jim Polzine, who wrote this. He was on the crossover on 97.3 of the game and on our state uh, statewide radio network at iHeartMedia uh, on Tuesday. So you'll hear it from uh, his perspective, as the one who wrote the article, and also Greg Gard on our Madison station on Fox Sports 1070, the game, a portion of the conversation that he had with afternoon host Mike Heller that if you're a Wisconsin Badgers basketball fan, you'll, you'll want to hear one way or another. Uh, this is uh, Jim Polzine's article. And again, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I, I, I've highlighted a lot of it. But here we go. This ran in the newspaper this morning. Time was running out on the 2020-21 University of Wisconsin men's basketball team when its large group of veteran players asked to meet with Coach Greg Gard and his staff. UW had dropped a double-digit decision at home to Iowa the previous night, leaving only four games remaining in the regular season. It had been a disappointing campaign for a team that began the year ranked number 7 in the country, but the Badgers still felt like there was time to salvage the season. They first needed to get some things off their chest. What followed was an emotional February 19th meeting in the Kohl Center media room that, according to some accounts, lasted about two hours. There were 11 people in the room, guard, his three assistants, and the team's seven seniors. A recently recorded 37-minute audio file from that gathering was sent to the State Journal via an anonymous email account late Monday afternoon. While it provides only part of what was said during the meeting, the recorded portion is filled with pointed criticism directed at guard by the seniors. Among the seniors' grievances, that guard didn't care for them or have their backs. One player said he'd have a hard time recommending the program to potential recruits because of the culture within it. It uh, goes on to say when Jim Polzine reached out to some players who did not want to speak on the record, quote, coaches have to be able to respond to adversity just like players do, one senior said Monday. They have to try different things, and that's what Coach Guard did. Is it something that us players reacted well to? No. And that's why we confronted him about it. The same player said he walked out of a room that day feeling as though something had been accomplished, that getting everything out in the open would help. He was impressed by the way Guard handled the situation. Quote, he sat there, he listened, and there was not one dry eye in the entire room at the end of everything. The biggest thing that he did at the end was that he apologized again. He was in tears and said, it's not your fault, it's my fault, end quote. 
All seven seniors had another year of eligibility to use thanks to the NCAA not counting the 2020-21 campaign against players due to the pandemic. Nate Reavers, Aleem Ford, Micah Potter, and Demetric Trice are pursuing professional careers, while Trevor Anderson and Walt McGorry chose to transfer to Valparaiso and South Dakota, respectively. Last season, the inconsistent Badgers were on the NCAA tournament bubble in late January when Kobe King, the team's second-leading scorer, abruptly left the program and told the State Journal that his issues with guard had been brewing for a while. Strength and conditioning coach Eric Helland was forced to resign a week later after he admitted to using a racial epithet in front of a group of walk-ons in early January. The season looked to be in jeopardy of spiraling out of control, but the Badgers rallied. They beat Michigan State at home despite playing without Brad Davison, who'd been suspended by the Big Ten for one game. After losing their next game at Minnesota, UW reeled off eight consecutive victories to share the regular season title with Maryland and Michigan State. Guard was named Big Ten Coach of the Year. Demetric Trice quoted in the article as saying uh, in the meeting, this is the one that was recorded uh, from Jim Polzine that he determined was Demetric Trice. Last year we were playing for one another, but we're also playing for you, Trice said in the meeting. I feel like the disconnect this season is we're not playing for you right now. We're not here to build your resume, so so to speak, with all respect given. Micah Potter referenced the 2019-20 season as well, alluding to the fact that Guard had changed his approach after King's departure but returned to his old ways this past season. Quote, Ultimately, Coach, we just want the guy that came to us last year and apologized in tears. I'm not saying you have to cry and apologize, but that was honestly the biggest turning point last year. We felt, wow, we can play for this guy. We can relate to this guy. Trevor Anderson criticized guard for calling out certain players after losses, making it seem like the loss was entirely on their shoulders. You always ask, why is everybody getting so defensive? Why can't anybody take it? Because I think that's what you do to us. You're always pointing the finger, Anderson said during the meeting. I think the defense mechanism is everyone's pointing the finger at somebody else. I'm pointing at Brad. Brad's pointing at Aleem. I think that comes down to a lot of like what you do to us. Potter called out guard for not having players back, specifically Davison's players, and some fans felt that Davison was being treated unfairly by Big Ten officials. Actions speak louder, Potter said during the meeting. You say you're going to do all this stuff, you say you're going to fight, you say you're going to do whatever, but in reality, you don't back it up with your actions. You look like a hypocrite, and that makes people trust you, or not trust you, even more. Aleem Ford complained to guard in the meeting that UW promotes a family atmosphere in recruiting but doesn't live up to that promise, calling it kind of a lie and show because that's not truly how we feel in the program, end quote. Another criticism from Ford, who had an up-and-down career, was that guard didn't instill confidence in his players. Quote, when I started playing well here was when I was like, I'm not listening to you anymore, Ford said during the meeting. That's how I succeeded here, was to prove you wrong. It wasn't to play for you or win games for you. It was to show myself that you're wrong. And the article goes on. Again, It's a, you should read it at Madison.com. It's in the Wisconsin State Journal, but it kind of goes on from there. Uh, on the crossover, we had a chance to speak with the author of that article, Jim Polzine from the Wisconsin State Journal. Uh, we asked Jim Polzine how this story all began. I had heard rumblings of this meeting as far back as late March. Somebody reached out and said that, you know, there was a meeting. It got emotional. 
um, the culture is bad. You should look into it. And I did at the time I reached out to players and nobody wanted to say anything. Um, people were kind of going their own way. Some were transferring, some were getting ready for pro careers, didn't want to burn any bridges. Um, you know, and I kind of hit a roadblock and then I got this random email yesterday with this audio clip and, you know, eventually listened to it. And, you know, I was stunned. I was stunned by the fact that it was all seven seniors going kind of player to player and all had concerns and, and very pointed criticism towards Greg Gard. And, and to hear it, um, you know, to, to hear there's a meeting in which this happened was, you know, that stuff happens. But when you sit and actually listen to the audio, um, it was, it, it was jaw dropping. And the context here for people that haven't read the story is that this is a 37 minute recording of a two hour meeting. So there's an hour plus that we don't have. And this is certainly leaked by someone who has an ax to grind, um, and, and gave me the 37 probably worst minutes there because in, in reporting this out and talking to people, um, some people thought this had a positive ending, that there was some, some pro- progress made and that Greg Gard was, um, you know, held himself accountable, said he was apologized and, and, you know, vowed to change, but we don't have that audio. The audio that we do have is still pretty damning in terms of, seven guys being willing to confront their coach uh, face-to-face and, and say some of the stuff they did. Jim Polzine was also asked if he had been able to speak to players since the article was published. Brad Davison was the only one willing to go on the record. Let me just say that. I did speak to multiple seniors. Um, there's a couple that are quoted um, just anonymously. They didn't want to go on the record, um, and I reached out to all of them. Um, Brad, and you got to understand this, the, the context with Brad is he's the only one that came back. Um, he... I don't know what he was going to say negative if he did have any negative feelings towards me, right? Or towards, towards the program. He wasn't going to share it with me. Right. Um, so he was very positive. He did admit that he's had issues, ups and downs with coach guard, uh, over four years. Um, but that he considers that relationship good. And, and part of the reason he came back was because he considers Greg guard a mentor. He's he, Davidson wants to be a coach someday and he, he considers Greg guard a mentor. And, and he thinks that relationship is certainly strong enough that, he decided to come back for one more year. Um, six guys didn't. Now, you know, for various reasons, we can go through them individually, but um, six guys decided that it was time to move on. And, you know, it's it was kind of an individual choice. And that's the, the thing to remember through all this is there's really no consensus. There's no consensus to how exactly that meeting went in terms of um, how productive it was during or after the, the rant session. Um and it's it's just kind of an you got to file it on your own individual basis on how you felt walking out of the room that day. Jim Polzine telling us on the crossover that the crux of many of the complaints of the players were just Greg Gard reverting to some old bad habits. Yeah, and I wish I would have um, been able to talk to more people and gotten some specifics there. You know, the, what I believe happened is you know last year uh, midway through the season, Kobe. King quit the team and that really, you know, among other things during that time that really caused, um, you know, kind of a wake up call. And, and I think it caused Greg Gard to kind of take a step back. And, and there might've even been a airing of grievances to some degree at that point with the remaining players. And, and I, I do think that they got through to him and as I hear it changed the rest of the season, he, you know, he took, took a step back a little bit, maybe wasn't as much of a, um, you know, micromanager and, and, and kind of let them play and, and play loose and play free. And, you know, they won their last eight games and just the Big Ten title. It was a remarkable story. Um, that didn't seem to happen this year. I mean, the, the complaints I got 
yesterday and have heard really for a couple months now is that he he did go back to his old ways. He was, you know, he was very, very critical at times with players. And, you know, the overlying theme that I heard yesterday or, or that I heard throughout this audio is that they just don't feel close to him. And I don't know why that didn't happen. I mean, I think you could probably spend a couple months pursuing that relationship and why it didn't become close and why they felt the need that they they, they wanted to become closer for whatever reason, it, it it hadn't happened on February 19th, and, and that was kind of the breaking point for the players to to at least address address some of those concerns. Jim Polzine also asking if, in his opinion, this is just players in 2021 being soft. Yeah, that's a fair question. And listen, I'll go back to Bo Ryan. He certainly was no friend of players, right? He was a guy that was a great coach, was respected, very highly respected by his players. But you know, it wasn't a buddy buddy thing, and and. I don't know. I think they knew he cared about him. I, I do think that. Like Sam Decker, look at Sam Decker, who is a guy that Bo, um, Bo went after. He wanted to get the best out of Sam, and he went after him, and he was personal at times. And Sam probably hurt, but it, he took it as constructive criticism. We're kind of six years out from that that group, um, and, and I think a lot's happened in six years. I think players are different now. Um, I, I do think they want to be you know, coddled is the wrong word. Um, I think they want to feel more respected. I think they want coaches to be more, um, you know, caring, outwardly caring. And, and it's hard for me to say whether these complaints are legit or, or, you know, if, if they're, they're exaggerated because I'm just not there, Ted, I'm just not, you know, I don't see these guys. I'm not in the locker room. And so I kind of got to go on what people were saying. And then certainly on February 19th, they just did not feel like they had been cared for. And I, I'll go back to Kobe. That was the same thing that Kobe King was saying um, back last February. And those concerns were kind of dismissed because he was a guy that walked out on the team midway through the season. Um, but I'm not so sure that he didn't, there were, there weren't others on, on that team at the po- that point that felt a little bit of the same way that, that, that Greg Gard needed to do a little bit better of connecting. Um, the disconnect is the word that came up multiple times. And, there was a disconnect. They seemed to think it was on him and, and not necessarily on, uh, on the players. Um, and that's, I, you know, I don't know that that's ever going to get resolved. The Wisconsin State Journal's Jim Polzine, who uh, was on the crossover on 97.3, the game on Tuesday. Uh, Greg Gard did release a statement, uh, as did outgoing athletic director Barry Alvarez, which is probably the last thing that he wanted to do in his last week as the uh, university's athletic director before Chris McIntosh takes over. Uh, at the start of next month. This is the written statement from Greg Gard. We'll hear from Greg Gard, who is on the Mike Heller Show on Fox Sports 1070, the game in Madison as well, coming up uh, just a portion of that interview as well. But this is the written statement, the official statement, on Tuesday afternoon from Greg Gard. Quote, I care deeply about the student-athletes in our program. I want nothing more than to help them and see them succeed on and off the court. Our program has a lengthy track record of doing both. But the path to a championship or to graduation is not always easy. Sometimes there are setbacks. Difficult conversations have to be had. Sometimes people just need to get things off their chest. At the end of the day, I believe we are all better for having gone through some challenging moments. I, along with my assistant coaches, have our players' backs. 
I am fully committed to their development as basketball players, students, and young men, and I am willing and open to conversations with our players anytime in an effort to achieve their goals and those of our program. I'm glad our seniors felt comfortable enough to come forward and give me an opportunity to address their concerns. Basketball seasons are full of highs and lows, wins and losses, moments of joy and frustration. The 2020-21 season in particular was made even more challenging and stressful due to the pandemic. I am proud of every student-athlete on our team that competed and persevered and gave what they could for the success of the team. Needless to say, I am incredibly disappointed to find out that a private meeting between seniors from our 2020-21 team and our coaching staff was secretly recorded, edited, and made public. It shows a complete lack of care for our program culture and for the confidentiality that is owed to our student-athletes who wanted an opportunity to share their thoughts behind closed doors. Signed, Greg Gard. Barry Alvarez, outgoing athletic director, a shorter statement. Again, with just days left on the job. Quote, I coached for a lot of years and the idea that someone would record and edit a conversation between student athletes and their coaches is extremely disappointing. Difficult conversations between coaches and student athletes have been happening since the beginning of time. Every program goes through adversity and a variety of challenging moments. That's sports. Teams work through it all together, and hopefully get better from it. Greg Gard and his staff, like all of our coaches last year, guided their program through the stress and difficulties of the pandemic, and the team kept battling all the way into the NCAA tournament. Greg, his staff, and his team have my full support as they look forward to the 2021-22 season, signed Barry Alvarez. Well, he can have all the support from Barry Alvarez that he wants. Barry Alvarez isn't going to be the boss in a week and a half. All right. Uh, earlier today on the Mike Heller show on Tuesday, Greg Gard himself joined Mike Heller on Fox Sports 1070, the game in Madison on WTSO radio. Here's a portion of that conversation. Pretty much learned of it uh, yesterday, late yesterday afternoon into last night uh, is when I was made aware of of uh, that there had been this meeting had been recorded and that it had been been made public. So that was my first knowledge of it. What what bothers you the most of having gone through what was shared and put out in Jim's piece today? Uh, the, the sanctity of the locker room and, and the players that had to go through that and have that private closed-door meeting that they happen all the time in sports between player-to-player, players-to-players, coaches-to-players, that 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 loyalty, that bond of trust, that confidentiality, where that environment's a sanctuary for those guys, that that, you know, obviously was was lost in this. And that the fact that this went public uh, was something I think everybody, you know, from a player's perspective um, or those that were in their room, that nobody, you know, felt that this was going to happen or knew that that's, you know, four or five months later, uh, that this was going to be where we're at today. Greg, any sense of the, the concept that this was recorded? Was somebody knowingly recording it? Was that a surprise as well? Yeah, I didn't know the, that the meeting was recorded until late yesterday, Mike, like I said before. Yeah. And, you know, and, it, and the, those that I've talked to today did not know either. Nobody uh, knew that or was aware that it was being recorded. When when you were you were just mentioning in the previous answer about that this is a this is something that happens in every program. I don't know if it happens every year, but it happens in every program 
coaches and coaches have closed doors, players and players have closed doors, and then what you have with players and coaches. Um, that in, can, can you expound a little bit on that not being all that unusual? Well, you you have a family, right, Mike? Yeah. Wife. Yep. Ari and and kids and those things. Do you have family meetings ever? Yeah. About sensitive, emotional situations or topics or, right? I mean, absolutely. You can just imagine, put yourself in a family meeting. You know, that's. I mean, the 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 bond that players and coaches create and it becomes very emotional. It's a you know, you're going through a pandemic, which exasperated the level of stress. But, you know, just like any family, you have meetings and things that you talk about or discussions within a family. And, um, you know, that's how you can kind of relate to it. And I think anytime you go through anybody that's been in a locker room, been part of a sports team, regardless of sport, regardless of gender, specifically team sports, um, not quite as much in the individual sports, but specifically in the team sport landscape, you know, that's a family dynamic, and, and there are ebbs and flows within that family dynamic, and having conversation and discussion, and uh, that's healthy. That's all part of it, and it's not always easy discussions. You know, there are hard conversations, and uh, much like having those type of discussions with your own kids or your spouse or, um, you know, whatnot in terms of a family dynamic, it's very much the same, same element. Talking with Greg Gard on the Mike Heller Show. Two questions for you, Coach. When that meeting was over, did you feel like it was a positive meeting in a way? And my second part about the recording, do you know who recorded it? Have you spoken to that person? Will you speak to that person? I'm not going to get into speculation. You know, I'm not going to go there um, just because I don't uh, have the knowledge to be able to go there, so I'm not going to speculate. In terms of leaving the meeting i thought it was you know like all our meetings you always hopefully you leave with a better i think like i said before it's a very healthy setting to be able to have those conversations and have that connection and you know the i haven't listened to the entire edited version but it was edited it's not the meeting in an entirety because there was dialogue going back and forth there was different you know uh, staff members talking at different times so it uh my boy, I I talked during that meeting several times, and obviously that's not in there. So obviously it's it's uh, it was specifically edited to have the players' voices only. Um, and yeah, I thought it, it did end on a positive note. I think with anything, you always look to you know put it behind you and keep moving on, and always look to improve and ways that everybody um, around the room can continue to get better and. And uh, that's what I thought we, we came to that and moved forward like we have with. I've been involved in so many meetings, guys, over the or conversations or whether it's been as an assistant coach, a head coach, all the way back almost 30 years in my career. This is not uh, abnormal to have discussions and get things off your chest or have dialogue back and forth. It is abnormal to have it recorded and, and made public. Greg, have you spoken to any of your seniors who the players that would have been in that meeting? Have you had conversation with them since the story came out? Yes. What What's the Would you share some of the nature, at least the tenor of that those conversations, Coach? I think they're upset that, like I mentioned earlier, that the privacy what was under the intention of a private, confidential 
closed door um, family type meeting with our upperclassmen or our seniors and, and our staff that that was you know that was amongst us only you know and, and I think that's where they really from the guys I've talked to felt a really a breach of trust and confidence and loyalty that they are you know that has upset them wisconsin basketball coach greg guard on with mike heller on wtso radio in madison fox sports 1070 the game okay i don't know for a fact who recorded this it doesn't seem like it was one of the players and i can't imagine that another assistant coach would want to put his team in a light like this. Now, there have been some accusations that have flown around. There's been some speculation that has been bandied about, both on the Internet and on the radio. I'm not going to speculate here. I think I know what might have happened. I hope I'm wrong. But if that's what happened, that it wasn't a player who recorded this and sent it anonymously to the Wisconsin State Journal. Barry Alvarez is right. I mean, these kind of meetings have gone on since the beginning of time, since the beginning of sports anyway. I don't think that it's necessarily, well, that's just today's athletes and they just can't handle it. The fact of the matter is society has evolved, right? It kind of goes back to the uh, Carl Nassib story earlier this week when Carl Nassib from the Las Vegas Raiders announced that he is and always has been gay and he is the first out professional active athlete who's still playing who is in in any of the the major professional sports and we're not um, Robbie Rogers in MLS yes but uh, we're talking about the NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, NBA. Those four. This is the first. He's the first one. There have been others who have tried. Michael Sam tried. Uh, never latched on with the Dallas Cowboys. There have been others, obviously. I mean, there's been thousands, really, of, of gay professional athletes who just never made it public. And some never did make it public even after their playing careers. But obviously, there are dozens of just look at the statistics. I'm sure there are other dozens of professional athletes right now that are gay, but Carl Nassib was the first one to come out and say that, yes, I, I am gay. Probably couldn't have said that 20 years ago. Probably couldn't have said that 10 years ago. Maybe five years ago. I think that he could have, but society has changed. But there are some, mostly older folks, but not exclusively older folks, but there are some who say, why can't he just keep it to himself? I don't care what he does. And they call that progress. Well, No, because it's not representation. And what Carl Nassib is doing is he's showing that society has changed and that there can be out in the open gay athletes. That is how society has evolved and sports has evolved. Bobby Knight couldn't coach his style in 2021. Bear Bryant would be in jail if he tried to pull in 2021, what he pulled 70 years ago with the Junction Boys. He'd be in jail instead of this revered figure. Bo Schembechler couldn't coach nowadays, probably for a number of reasons, as we are tragically finding out. Woody Hayes couldn't coach in 2021. 
sports and society has evolved. Part of it is social media. Part of it is young athletes have more power now than ever before. I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing, but it's just the way things are nowadays. I don't know that Bo Ryan would have had the same reaction, you know, as uh, you know had been speculated. What, what if Bo Ryan was still the coach? He'd probably just tell him to suck it up and go back out on the court. But Greg Gard is trying, and I, I don't. I don't know if it's hard enough. There are some who say, well, how can Greg Gard survive this? Well, I mean, if they have a good season and he shows that he cares about his players, players are going to want to come and play at the University of Wisconsin. If he doesn't, if he can't recruit well because of meetings like this and because he doesn't have good relationships and doesn't follow through on his promises, you know what? That's going to show up in the wins and losses. That's going to show up in the box score. That's going to show up in the standings as it did to Steve Wojciechowski. The culture at Marquette under Steve Wojciechowski turned out, near the end, it was horrible. I, I mean, how do you lose Sam and Joey Hauser? I know how you lose Sam and Joey Hauser. It's because you don't have a very good relationship with those kids and they wanted to go somewhere else. And he didn't build good relationships with other people either. And it showed up in the box score. And at the end of the day, that's how Steve Wojciechowski lost his job. It was because the entire culture had eroded to the point where nobody wanted to be, nobody good anyway, wanted to be and stay here anymore. And that showed up in the box score. It should have, and it certainly did with me, set off alarm bells when the Housers left. But moreover, it's that the... the the culture of the program was eroding. The same thing could happen at the University of Wisconsin. The ball's in Greg Gard's court right now. He's got to build relationships with a new, young team because he had so many seniors last year. That was one of the reasons that Wisconsin was favored to go as far as they were when the season began. They were the most experienced team, not just in the Big Ten. They were the most experienced team in college basketball. That's why they were ranked ten or ranked in the top ten, ranked number seven, when the season began. But they couldn't live up to those expectations because the culture of the program had started to erode and guys weren't playing for the program anymore. They were playing for themselves. That's going to be on the head coach, the leader of the program, and his new boss, Chris McIntosh, the new athletic director. It's going to be incumbent upon them to fix that culture, which is obviously broken right now at the University of Wisconsin, at least in the men's basketball program. Can Greg Gard turn it around? I, look, I hope he can. I like Greg Gard, but I also don't have to play basketball for Greg Gard either. I'm also not a 19-year-old kid who's being yelled at by Greg Gard about making a bad pass with three minutes left to play in a Big Ten game against Iowa. Eventually, it's going to show up in the standings. And when Wisconsin starts to fail in the standings because Greg Gard can't get it together, if he can't get it together... That's going to spell his demise. I hope he succeeds. I mean, he's had some great years as the Badgers coach, but coaches are expected to do a lot of things nowadays. And the great ones, they have to be not only coaches, but they have to be mentors. They have to be father figures in some cases. And you need a master class in motivating. That's, you know, you look at a guy like Tony Bennett and you just marvel at the consistency that, that he's had with his program. So what's going to happen at Wisconsin? I, I I don't know. 
but I know who it's incumbent upon to do. Greg Gard's been given another chance, and what he does with it will spell success or failure at the end of the day. I, I'm look, I'm disappointed that it leaked, but sometimes you got to get these things out in the open. And if there are fair questions that need to be asked, then they need to be asked. That'll do it for this edition of the show. Thanks for joining us on the program. Our next show is going to be Mirren Fader. I'm looking forward to talking to the author of the new book about Giannis Adetokounmpo. Uh, Giannis, The Improbable Rise of an NBA Superstar. That's coming up next right here on the Doug Russell Podcast. <laughs>